0: out there where the water rises and they open up the dam little hill becomes an island and the wild ones set up camp we would circle up the wagons and we build ourselves a fire smoking dope and low-grade acid patrick's crossing friday night sons and daughters this is
1: will hawk with knbc and i'm talking with sally j and brian wright of Cafe Rooster Records, so thanks for joining me today.
0: Thanks for having us. Hey Will, mm-hmm. thanks for having us.
1: So if you guys could uh, maybe start off telling us uh, a little bit about the history of Cafe Rooster, how you guys got the label started, and and um, yeah, just give us a little a brief history of the label.
2: Okay, <laughs> um, well we have um, we've been a an independent label for about three and a half years now, so I feel like we're still pretty young, um, but. It all kind of started um, out of us just sitting around talking about um, wanting to find a different way to put our music out there. Um, Brian and I both have been artists for many years and at the time um, that this conversation came up we were we were just kind of hanging around with our friend Darren Bradbury, who is a great songwriter and and he had a new record and he said, well, why don't you guys put it out on your record label? And, um, you know, we said, we don't have a record label. And so he said, well, make one. And so we did. And it was a very spontaneous decision, and we did not think it through. And, you know, we pretty much just said, well, let's throw a party. Americana Fest is in three weeks. Let's throw a party and say we're a label and see what happens. So we did that. We threw a big party, and – um about 500 people showed up, wow. and so we decided, okay, I guess we really have to do this. We're, we're, I guess we're a label. <laughs>
0: but it really kind of just came about as a, as a necessity, not really not a necessity, but, you know, just a, a desire to do things, to kind of cut out all of the middlemen and stuff that sort of stand in the way of artists getting, you know, getting their work out. Like, you know, with Darren's thing, he had made this great record and was going around town and having all the meetings and stuff and getting a lot of great feedback and no bites. And, and it was just, you know, he's just sitting on this piece of art that, you know, certainly his fans that he had at the time were waiting, what had been waiting on. And, and no real way to put it out there effectively. And at the time, I think we knew a few more people than he did. And so we were like, yeah, we'll, we'll just do it. You know, we'll just spread the word as best we can and it you know and it worked and it encouraged us to do more we had already been putting out our records on our own i mean i've been on a couple of labels but for the most part i put out most of mine independently mm-hmm. but i always well one financially it was always a better idea when I, or i always did better when i did it myself and secondly i i had just learned a lot from being on those labels to know that i could do you know i could do the things that i thought were great about being on them and that I learned from them. And then I also learned what, what I didn't like about it. And we just don't do those things.
1: There you go. That's a good way mm-hmm. to do it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So what, what year was that when you guys got started?
2: So that would have been, um, that would have been 2016. Yeah.
1: Okay. Gotcha. So it
2: was like, it was September of 2016.
1: Okay. So what, what, what all bands are on the label currently?
2: Um, Well, we have, so there's Brian, Brian Wright, um, which Brian Wright and the Sneak Ups is what his next album coming out on May 8th is under. Um, Then we have Ladies Gun Club, which is a duo that I have with Sarah Roberts. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have the Minks, a woman fronted psychedelic rock band and we have John Latham, who is um, a singer-songwriter, very um, heartland singer-songwriter, um, sort of a prince of East Nashville here. Everybody knows him and loves him. And, um, and then our other band is, the Black- is Blackfoot Gypsies, which is a trio, a rock and roll trio that um, we just started working with and released their first live album on New Year's Eve was when of of 2019 is when we released it. So so that's what we're working with right now. And we have some things coming up, <laughs> some new things.
1: Right, right. So um like you mentioned before uh, Brian has a a new album coming out. Um the first song is called Patrick's Crossing. Can you uh can you talk about that that song and also about uh the the album and how you're going to release it and all that?
0: Sure. Um Patrick's Crossing was Patrick's Crossing was a place um in my hometown um I'm from outside of Waco Texas you know out in the country mm-hmm. and my friends and I who were all kind of you know like uh, just all kind of like the misfits and the artists and stuff we would go out to this place and go camping as kids you know like as high school kids and um just play music you know we play music and hang out and do all the stuff that kids were you know that young kids would do and it was just a place where I kind of learned a lot about you know who I was becoming or you know just growing up and kind of realizing I'd always been an artist but I don't know just kind of finding your spot in the world Mm -hmm. and so the song centers around you know wanting to kind of go back to you know just like keeping in touch with those memories or whatever but uh it's also just about your childhood, the good and the bad, and the things that make you what you are. And, um, but I didn't want to make it like a, you know, you didn't want to make it some sort of sad thing, which is, it sort of started off as a folky sort of countryish song and then wanted it to be more fun because a lot of that time was super fun. And so I ended up making it a nice little funky, uh, reminiscence of, you know, childhood and growing up and that sort of thing. You help your children, mad dogs in the hospital. They locked him up there earlier tonight. High on LSD and screaming, anything is possible. The sheriff and the constables were he's right. Mama, won't you help your children, mad dogs?
1: Yeah, all the characters that you mention in the song, they feel like people that I knew growing up here in rural Nevada. Like they're just kind of the the weirdos of society, you know. I thought that was cool. (laughs) Most
0: definitely, most definitely, and I always kind of found myself surrounded by those people, you know, by by the weirdos. All of my best friends in the world are are sort of divisive. (laughs) You know, you either love them or hate them Mm -hmm. kind of people, and I think it's just because they're probably because of their, for lack of a better word, their, their authenticity. They are who they are and what they are. And they, and you, like I said, you can either take it or leave it. But usually I think I was more comfortable around the creatives and the weirdos and that sort of thing. And, and so, yeah, those characters, I mean, there's definitely my, you know, there's friends in that song and there's family members in that song and there's a cop that used to mess with us all the time in my hometown. Um, you know, they're all in there. That's fun. And I th- and I'm glad to hear that you can that you can relate to it because I think a lot of people can.
1: Now is the album going to get released over a period of time, like a, a song a week or something like that?
0: No, no. Well, kind of. We have several singles. We have Patrick's Crossing that is coming out that is out, and then we have Poor Little Genius that comes out this Friday. This Friday, okay. Um, which is the second single, and then we have another one that's coming out before. But the album, the entire album, will be released on May eighth to all the DSPs, and we've we've got vinyl ordered that people have pre-ordered, and we want to, you know, we'll have, we'll be sending those out as soon as we get them, and um, and people can still order them from our website, of course, CafeRoosterRecords dot com. But yeah, the record will be out May eighth in sort of a you know a traditional fashion, okay. In this non traditional time that we find ourselves <laughs> in,
1: non traditional time. That's a that's a great phrase for what mm-hmm. we're experiencing. <laughs> Right now,
0: <laughs> for, yeah, for lack of a better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, you guys have another project called Number One Knife, and uh, I'd, I'd love to hear more about that.
0: Okay, I, I think it's my favorite thing right now. I think because it's Sally and I started it last year. It's funny we started it to raise money. the 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 initial idea was to make a really quick record to raise money to put out Laps of Luxury and not to spend any money on it. You know, like we would just play all the instruments ourselves and write it very quickly and all of that. And then mm-hmm. it it eventually just turned into like this band and this really fun project where it's still just Sally and I, but we just take, we would collaborate in a way that we hadn't, you know, we'd always collaborated sort of unintentionally. You know, she would ask me, you know, you got an idea for this or, whatever, but we had never done it as focused as that, as number one. Like we we would come in with the intention of writing together. And so I would pull an old idea out of my phone and she would, you know, she would hear it and just immediately run with it. And we would just write them right there on the spot, not think too hard about it. And uh, for the most part, record them right and record them all in one night. It was really quick. And we've got bunches and we've got an entire record that we've now done that way. But we've also have the the beginnings of a of a second one it seems, and it's just super fun. Um, it's fun because it's spontaneous and it doesn't sound, you know. There's elements of Sally Sally's thing and there's elements of my thing, but it's a true collaboration. So you get something new out of both of us, I think.
1: That's cool. What uh, what instruments are going to be on it? Is it like drums, bass, guitar kind of thing?
0: Yeah, they're pretty full band arrangements. They ended up that, you know, yeah, there's drums and bass and guitar and vocals and synths and all kinds of weird samples and things. And we're just having fun with our little with our little shack out back.
1: And um, are there plans for when that's that's going to be released?
2: Well, originally, originally before uh, before this virus situation, our plan was. You know, like Brian said, we were going to just make this quick album and throw it out there. But after we made the album, um, our our Cafe Rooster team here um, kind of decided that, well, maybe, you know, it sounds like it's a really good album. So maybe we shouldn't just throw it out there. Maybe we should wait until the end of the year after Lapse of Luxury and put it out. So that was, that was where we were with it. Um, but since this virus situation has happened and... Um, You know it's really shaken up the music industry Uh, we have decided well you know some of those plans of doing things you know releasing records traditional ways are probably going to have to we're gonna have to be a lot more flexible now and so we launched a patreon site um, this month which we were planning on doing anyway um, and what we are doing with the knife record is we're just, um, we're giving it to our Patreon subscribers. And then after the Patreon, sub- Patreon subscribers have the whole record and after this virus situation is over, then, then we will probably do, um, a digital, um, release and hopefully a vinyl release.
1: Gotcha. Can you, can you talk a little bit about the, the Patreon and, and how people can uh, find out more about that, sign up for it and, and all that stuff?
2: I can. It's really, um, it's really great. Uh, we're just now getting it going and a lot of times, you know, artists take on these kind of types of subscription platforms themselves, um, which I think can be really challenging for just an artist to be managing that all on their own. Mm -hmm. So we just decided to do one as a label for, for everybody. So it involves all of our artists, um, so yeah, you can just go to Patreon.com. It's a very very simple platform. Um, look for Cafe Rooster Records, and there are all these different tiers of <laughs> membership, as low as three three bucks a month. You know, um, you don't have to commit. You can cancel at any time, and you just sign up, and you get to you get to hear music that is exclusively for our subscribers, as well as we're doing um, things like um, this month, Nikki Barber from the Minks made this beautiful lyric art for one of her songs that you can get. Um, We have, we've got exclusive videos. We just put up the videos of um, John Latham and number one knife, both performing at a rally at the basement East in Nashville, just, an hour before the tornado hmm. demolished the building completely. So there's, you know, so that was, there's some really interesting things on there that people can check out. There's some short stories written by some of our artists. There's um, photographs, um, all kinds of cool stuff. From,
0: I think what's cool about it from a label standpoint is that because it's we have so many artists, you know, we have such a, a good group of talented people, that the variety of content that you get on there is is really compelling. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you you can there's just so much everyone is super super creative um in our camp and they, like Sally said they're making they've worked in you know, they're artists. They work in all kinds of mediums. It's you know, we're certainly a music label first, but the reason we work with the artists that we do, I think is because they're all it it wouldn't matter if you took the guitars out of their hands or, or whatever, they would still be making art. And they still, it, you know, for example, with this virus thing, it's killed everybody's touring. And so they're all just adapting in, in really creative ways. Like Sally said, Vicki Barber from the Minx, she makes clothes and things. And Matthew uh, Page from Blackfoot Gypsies has written a book um, called Band Life about, you know, obviously just about being in a band. And he was an Eagle Scout. So he's like, you know, it's it's very much like a handbook for touring, which is is great. Um, I don't know. I think that the Patreon site is super cool because you get some you get content that you wouldn't get. You know, you can't just normally get. It's, and it it, offer, it gives you kind of a behind-the-scenes look at, at a lot of what goes into the art. And I'm, re, I'm excited to have it personally as an artist because it gives me a place to put all these different sorts of projects. You know, aside from Number One Knife, I'm always out here making these weird, you know, not weird, but just different genres of music and different creative things that I've felt like doing. Um, and I'm, I plan on putting a bunch of that up on Patreon. And just having, you know, just having a place to put it is, is really wonderful from an artistic standpoint. And from our label, I just think it's a great way for us to, to you know, get some really to make some money to get to our artists, you know, to kind of split up amongst the artists, which is what we do with the, with the uh, proceeds. We just split them evenly amongst the artists and the label and keeps the lights on and keeps everybody kind of moving and creating more stuff.
1: That's cool. Yeah. You know that this is weird times that we're living in, but there's so many ways to connect and, and unique ways. And I love it when, when artists explore those opportunities and, and do kind of what you guys are doing. It's, it's good stuff.
0: Well, thank you. I think it's, I mean, I, I wish that this wasn't going on and everyone does, but you know, if there is a silver lining, I think all of the, you know, all of the live streaming stuff that you see and all of the engagement, artistic engagement, even with even with just people watching more TV, you know, some TV is trash, but there's, you know, there's film, you know, film and television and things. It's it's art, and I, I'm hoping that people are realizing the value of that art as they are now confined to their homes, <laughs> that, yeah. that w- what a difference art makes in their lives, and if that were taken away, what would, you know, what would the world be like? That's I think right. they're engaging, whether they know it or not, they're being... They're engaging in artistic output, right? More so, the you know, mm-hmm. with this, with the social distancing and things, you know, by seeing all of these artists, and by having them around, you know, in their phone and on their television and all these things, mm-hmm. and they're looking for ways to be entertained or taken away from their worries and things, which is what art does.
1: Yeah. So I, I wanted to, to get your guys' perspective on uh, Nashville and everything that's going on there. You mentioned the tornado at the Basement East earlier, and this virus thing has is, is shut it down. I feel like Nashville has been particularly hard hit because the, its economy is so based on all the music and whatnot. Um, can, you, can you guys kind of give me an, um, uh, some perspective on, on how life is in Nashville, how people are doing and that whole deal?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, you are right. Like, this the city is, um, is filled with with musicians and not only that, but, you know, music venues and people who work in music venues and in the service industry. And, and so there are a lot of people that are out of work that, you know, a lot of those people were already out of work because I'm sure you saw... Um, that East Nashville, the the five points area where some of the bars and venues are and, and, and businesses, local businesses were all just flattened by this tornado. And so people were already out knew they were going to be out of work for a little while until the pieces were picked up from that. Um, but, um, but one thing that was really mind blowing was after the tornado hit, um, we, you know, we knew that we had a great community here in Nashville. We already knew that because ever since Brian and I have lived here, um, we, we have seen people just rallying around each other continually, particularly in the music scene. You know, if somebody gets sick and needs, needs financial help. You know, there's a benefit that someone is throwing to help them. And that has always been going on, but more than ever, when the tornado hit, we saw people just coming together and doing whatever they could, just, you know, walking from pro- to strangers' properties and and helping clean up their property, you know, not knowing whose it was. Um, so it's been – it has been really good. Now, since, you know, since that happened, you know, we all thought that our lives had been changed completely by this tornado and then this virus hits, and now <laughs> we're like, oh, well – okay, here we go with some, you know, this new challenge. But, um, but I think a lot of the musicians in particularly, you know, are getting, they're all getting together online, you know, socially distant, but people are playing shows and promoting each other and, and showing their support in that way. And they're also trying to, to partner with the music venues to sort of help them stay afloat so that they don't have to close their doors permanently because we don't want to see our great music venues um have to shut down and go out of business mm-hmm. before this is all over.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's craziness. Um when I saw the the, the pictures of the basement knees first, I I've never been there, but um I just see the name come up all the time. Um it, mm-hmm. was, it was just shocking to me. Like and and um I I was watching I think it was Andrew LaHaye was performing um, on Facebook Live, like right before I went to bed, right before the tornado hit. And uh, I was showing my right. wife, and I was like, oh, check it out. They're doing this rally, and this is cool. And <sighs> then I wake up the next morning, and, you know, it's, it, just all the stories start coming out. And you're just like, wow, man. Oh,
0: Will, I mean, if, it's so mind boggling to think about. We were having such a beautiful night that night. It was so much fun. And if that tornado had come an hour earlier, we would all be singing a different song, hmm. you know? The people, we were just, you know, we really, it, it was a terrible thing, but we were all very lucky that there weren't more people hurt or, or worse. You know, like the, the staff of the basement east was still there, and mm-hmm. they got downstairs 30 seconds before, like there's a, you know, there's a basement to the basement east. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got downstairs 30 seconds before the roof collapsed. Mm-hmm. And And thankfully, they didn't, you know, no one was hurt. And, yes, the Basement East, among others, you know, there's the five spot and there's the OG basement. And there's all these, of course, all these venues and all the downtown venues that the tourists love and all that kind of stuff. But the Basement East and Dave Brown and Michael Grimes are just staples of our community. Mm -hmm. And they do everything in the world to provide, you know, just to to help everyone out. And so that was a big, big hit for for our community and for them. But like Sally said, everyone just immediately, and even before the virus hit, is just like, well, we're, you know, what do we do? How do we, how do we bring it back? And how do we help? How do we get everything going? And I think people are still kind of just figuring it out because now we're, we're sort of trapped at home. But I know that, I know that we'll all be back to, you know, maybe not to normal, but to whatever the new normal is after all this. And I know that it'll be great because of the strength of, of our community. These people are beautiful and they really believe in it. Everyone wants to make a living and everybody wants to make a buck and everybody wants to be successful. But I think that at least in our portion of the community, success is measured more on happiness than it is on dollars.
1: I just appreciate what you guys are all all doing out there. It's it's a, It's a cool scene and it seems very unique.
0: Well, thank you. It means a lot to us. We really have. Uh,
2: yeah. Go I would, you know, as far as us, Cafe Rooster Records, we have our, the momentum that we've had over the last three and a half years and the ways that we've been able to grow as an indie label, which is a very challenging thing to take on, like to decide that you're going to start a record label in an industry that doesn't, you know, hardly makes any money anyway, mm-hmm. is, is is a big thing. Um but it's only been possible because of people like you. There have been, um, you know, people with radio programs and people with, um, with magazines and people, you know, that write for different publications that have really taken us in and given us a chance and paid attention to what we're doing and done features like this, like you're doing. So, I mean, we are really, really grateful to you and, um, and all of the others that have been helping us this way
1: awesome well i i appreciate that quite a bit thank you well that was uh all the questions i had for you guys
0: Well will okay. we really appreciate you taking the yeah. time uh, it's like so i just want to you know kind of echo sally's sentiments we we're very very grateful for the support and and spreading the good work because you know we would we'd just be here twiddling our thumbs otherwise
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> all right <laughs>
1: cool Well, yeah, thanks for taking the time this morning to talk to me, and I I appreciate it. Of course. Sure, man. Take care. Carry on.